Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Pete Scazzaro. Great to be with you. And today I want to do the first part of a two-part series called Growing Older in the New Family of Jesus. Growing Older in the New Family of Jesus. And uh, let me explain how I came into this. I actually, as I was in my uh, mid-50s and beginning the transition out of New Life Fellowship as the lead pastor, I began to struggle uh, with aging. And as I approached, in particular, uh, becoming 60, which I did uh, about a year and three months ago, uh, I really began to recognize that, boy, this discipleship issue of growing older is a big one. So I began about three, four years ago doing a lot of reading on to be mentored on growing older. And I was I became very aware that I had negative scripts and the culture had really impacted me, but I really wanted to get discipled. So I began to talk to older mentors, began to read widely, and I learned a great deal. And it has actually has been a wonderful journey. And so recently at New Life Fellowship, I, for the first time, offered a, a seminar on growing older in the new family of Jesus to uh, about 80 to 100 folks uh, in a in ministry at New Life Fellowship for folks over, over 50, 55. And it was so incredibly well-received that... I was encouraged to preach it to all the younger people because they need to hear it as well. And as one ex-police officer from New York City said to me, if I had known this uh, when I was younger, it would have so transformed my perspective on life. And especially, he retired in his, I think his mid-40s, early 40s. He goes, my last 10 years would have been so different if I had this perspective. So, uh, what I want to do is give you a nice part one here to begin us, and then I'll finish it next week's podcast as a part two. So our culture tells us to prepare financially for our later years. In fact, if you look at all the advertisements, uh, all the ads in the newspapers and billboards, it's about financially getting ready for retirement and even the word retirement. Uh, not Nothing about spiritually getting ready, nothing about emotionally being prepared, but today my goal is equipping you. Now, just note this. By the year 2020, which is only 12 years away – one in six Americans will be over 65. Think about that. One in six Americans. I realize some of you are listening from around the world, uh, but this is a global trend. By the year 2030, one in five Americans, 20% of the population will be 65 or older. This is a very big discipleship issue. So again, in Western culture, most people work, uh, have their jobs, spend most of their hours that they're awake at a job, without any vision, any sense of sentness or calling or purpose. And so thus when they retire or the work ends, uh, there's a sense of, okay, now I just basically, you know, hang out. There, there, there's no sense of, uh, you know, what now? In fact, if anything, uh, in Western culture, youth is exalted and older age is uh, looked down upon. But yet in China and Korea, for example, birthday celebrations become a, become a much bigger deal as you turn 60, 70, or 80, which is considered the pinnacle of life, very different from the West. And I meet so many folks in their you know, 60s and 70s and 80s who have felt discarded and really don't have any sense of vision for their life. And yet this is a tremendous uh, discipleship, a tre tremendous, tremendous resource uh, for the kingdom of God and really a great tragedy. So let me just give you a, a couple of thoughts here about biblical aging. First of all, the Bible has no word for retirement. There is no such thing. We work 
uh, for God until we die. And so whenever someone says, I retired, I say, if you're a believer, you have not retired, you have transitioned. A very key word. I, I would invite you to get rid of the word retirement. You've retired from a particular job. You have simply transitioned now uh, to something new for God. And whether it's paid or unpaid, you're going to serve him and, and work uh, until your last breath. That's why in places like Psalm 92, verses 12 to 15, you'll read something like this as David prayed it. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. And so this biblical notion is that, that if we walk with God, that we will bear fruit in old age, staying fresh and green. In fact, Joshua 13, 1 has a beautiful image for growing older, which is you're old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. And so as we grow older, we are to invest in the next generation, do creative work, mentoring, be a blessing to the church and our community. We are actually explorers and adventurers. And so again, uh, let's reframe retirement. Uh, we, we work um, until we die, paid or unpaid. And so actually the notion of retiring uh, from a, uh, our paid work that we may have been at for, for many years it is a useful shock. It's a trauma that uh, produces a nice reevaluation of one's life. It's a great time for growth, opens up all kinds of new possibilities. And actually you can uh, now perhaps enter into some things that better fit your personality or talents or gifts or temperament. If God's given you a, uh, an income stream to live on, uh, what a gift. Uh, you can actually move from uh, aging to saging. Now, understand God's a worker. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, he re reveals himself as a, as a working God, uh, and we are made in his image, uh, and he creates Adam and Eve to work in the garden. So just in, the idea of working is part of being an image bearer of the Lord. Work is a good thing. That's why unemployment can be so devastating to people, because we actually were made to work. And I, I encouraged folks who are uh, unemployed to make sure they're working, even if it's looking for a job, because we were made to work. And in the new heaven and new earth, we will be fully human beings who, along with continuous worship and amazing relationships, we will enjoy, enjoy work as we never did in this life. Uh, so again, the world has a, the way the world looks at sacred, secular, we split the two. And we think about calling, we confuse it with our occupations. We think of calling as our place in life, married or single, calling as people who are in quote, professional Christian service. But the Bible gives an understanding that every Christ follower is called. You were chosen, John 15, 16, by him. Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So you are fully called from the moment you became a Christian. It's your whole life is called. There's no sacred and secular uh, compartmentalization. All of life is holy. And you were created in, to, to be called to God, for God, and, and by God. And uh, Jesus, if anything, the cross does for us is it restores work to its original purpose. So God creates work in the Garden of Eden. It's good. Adam and Eve worked the garden. Sin enters the human race, and suddenly work is hard and thorns and thistles and painful. And one of the gifts of the cross and the gospel is Jesus restores work for us into its original purpose as good. Now, it's going to be hard, but but we're, we're called to work, which is we're called to all have communion with him. That's our first job. We're called to create and shape, enter the world of chaos and, and bring order. Uh, we are to build community uh, wherever we go uh, into, into where there's gossip and backbiting. And we actually push back the demonic in the name of Jesus as we're called to a generous life with our time and 
abilities, our energy. So if you look in the Bible, God's constantly turning the lives of older people upside down. I mean, look at Abraham. He's 75 years old, and God calls him to leave where he lives and go to a new country, a new place. He leaves family, culture, all the familiar, to a place he doesn't know where he's going and becomes the father of us all. Moses was 80 years old when God called him in the desert. And uh, he leads the people of God in, in the greatest event of the Old Testament, the Exodus. Uh, think of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Samuel, all these old, as, as they age, their ministry becomes more fruitful, their lives become a greater blessing. In fact, when Jesus is born and taken to the temple as a baby, it's the two older people who see what's going on. It's Simeon and Anna. Anna's 84 years old. Uh, Simeon's an elderly man, uh, about to see the Lord face to face. But they are the ones who discern and can see what's going on. They, 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 all the people I just mentioned to you received fresh revelation in their senior years. And God has got fresh revelation for, uh, for you as you grow older. That's why Proverbs uh, 16 says, you know, gray hair is a crown of honor and splendor, Proverbs, you know, 16, 31. So I want to encourage all you young leaders out here listening to me that you have a responsibility to disciple uh, folks who are older in your church uh, or your ministry and give them a vision for what God has for their next phase. Uh, again, Psalm 92, uh, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no wickedness in him. And so we want to empower and equip our our folks in our church of all ages, but especially those who are now 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, that they're alive for God's purpose. And they're to invest in the next generation, among other things, do creative work, mentoring, being a blessing. I like what Richard Hayes says, a theologian. He says, in late life, Christians remain subject to the possibility that God will act decisively in their lives in such a way as to turn their lives upside down. In fact, let me recommend to you an excellent book. on. I think it's the best book on aging matters. Uh, it's called Aging Matters by R. Paul Stevens, Finding Your Calling for the Rest of Your Life, Aging Matters. And, and so part of this is, is, a, is a great theology of, of work and a great theology of, of um, calling. And so, again, emotionally healthy spirituality, what we are about is discipleship that deeply changes lives. And so the central theme of emotionally discipleship and the, and the courses is that we grow up in families of origin and cultures which are marked by sin and brokenness. And we come to Christ, uh, we're born again into this new family, and now our Christian life is one of learning to live in the new family of Jesus in every arena. That's why genogram is a central theme in, in both discipleship courses. And uh, so that means all of life, I am redoing how my family and how the culture does uh, different things like aging, like money, like success, like relationships, like feelings, like grief, like loss, and conflict, uh, sexuality, marriage, singleness. Everything is different in the new family of Jesus. And now I'm bringing this aspect of aging that we do differently in the new family of Jesus. And so there is a spirituality of aging. Uh, you know, we've hopefully by God's grace and, and C. Paul, R. Paul Stevens in his book, Aging Matters, talks about this, that that by God's grace, we're more contemplative. We're more being out of which we do as we grow older. We, we embrace a simpler life. 
and and we're more heavenly minded. If anything, the book of Revelation is probably one of the key books for growing older because Revelation, a final book of the scriptures, gives insight into how God sees the world. It kind of sees the invisible behind the visible. And if you've ever read that book, it's it's really a unveiling of who God is to churches that are under tremendous persecution. And God gives the apostle John a vision, and he sees that behind the oppression and persecution of the Roman Empire, which he calls the beast in the book of Revelation, there's a, there's a demonic powers seeking to crush the church. And he calls believers in that book to bear witness uh, to what is true uh, and to persevere as they wait to see him face to face and uh, enjoy God forever and ever. But it, it's if anything, our great gift as we grow older is the ability to see uh, what we can't see when we're younger. And uh, so aging actually makes us more human, not less. And it's, it's, a, it's really a spiritual discipline. You know, there's a great prayer of an aging Jesuit, which I actually have in my journal. Uh, and I'm just so excited about because I, I again, I'm, I'm excited about growing older. I am. I, I, I had a great mentor say to me, the best years of your, of your life, your best decade of your life is going to be your mid-60s. Your second best decade is going to be your mid-70s. Your third best decade is going to be your mid-50s. Uh, and everything else is all prepped for that if you're faithful in Christ. I'll explain more about that next on the next podcast when I talk about the three primary mentors that really serve me and their counsel to me that has so served me well uh, the last few years. And I want to talk then some of the hazards of aging uh, ne- next month. But let me close uh, with two things. One, I want to share with you a prayer of an aging Jesuit. And you can look this up on a, on a website uh, at some point. It's, it's all over the website and uh, on Google. And uh, it reads like this. Here's what he prays. Dearest Lord, teach me to grow old gracefully. Help me to see that my community does me no wrong when gradually it takes from me my duties when it no longer seems to seek my views. Rid me of my pride and all the wisdom I have learned. Rid me of the illusion that I am indispensable. Help me in this gradual detachment from earthly things to grasp the meaning of your law of time. Teach me in this turnover of work and workers to discern a striking expression of life's constant renewal under the impulse of your providence. And please, Lord, let me still be useful, contributing to the world my optimism, adding my prayers to the joyful fervor and courage of those who now take their turn at the helm. Let my lifestyle now become one of humble and serene contact with the world and change, shedding no tears for the past, making of my human sufferings a fit of reparation to all my brothers. Let me leaving the field of action be simple and natural, like a glowing, cheerful sunset. Lord, forgive me if only now in my tranquility, I begin to know how much you love me, how much you've helped me. And now finally, may I have a clear, deep understanding of the joyful destiny you have prepared for me, guiding my every step from the first day of my life. Lord, teach me to grow old. Let me encourage you uh, to pick up what I just received today in the mail, my copies of the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Kit for Leaders. Uh, It is the fruition of almost 22 years of work, and in it contains, in one box, 
the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship courses, the Emotionally Spirituality course and the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. And it is the paradigm of living in the new family of Jesus, a discipleship that deeply changes lives. Let me encourage you to go to our website, www.emotionallyhealthy.org. Order it from us. Uh, Our prices are as good as anybody else's out there. And as you buy from us, it supports the global ministry of EHS around the world. And then you want to come to a live stream. Our next our next one is actually next week on Tuesday, uh, on October twenty October thirty first, Halloween Day here in the United States. And I want to encourage you to come and, and learn how do I implement these courses in my church. And they are a revolution. And we believe the bringing together of all of the riches of church history, the best of discipleship over 2,000 years that's been pruned and polished and worked on now for 22 years uh, is transformative. And so the aging, aging wisely in the new family of Jesus is a major discipleship issue confronting all of us uh, in the 21st century and around the world, actually. So next week, we'll talk about part two. Look forward to it. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.